This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Dave Whitaker, and this is Vinyl Snob. So essentially, and as sad as it sounds, there is no record store day in 2020. On this episode, we hear from Carrie Colleton with Record Store Day about what's happening with all the specialty vinyl product produced for this year's celebration. There's nothing that beats auditioning a speaker. You can read all the reviews out there, but you gotta hear it. You gotta enjoy it, you gotta experience it in person. And I make my way back to North Coast Audio for a proper speaker demo and invite vinyl snob, studio chief engineer, and speaker skeptic, my brother Jerry on the program to give us a review of my purchase. Well, the speakers were spectacular. You know, what I what I literally brought home with me was that the sound that I heard is on the records that I have here, but my system doesn't reproduce it. Plus, we catch up with Barry Lazarus of Red Devil Records and see how he's doing during Shelter in Place. I'm getting the store ready to be reopened, hoping it's soon. That's all coming up on episode 16 of Vinyl Snob. With the world sheltering in place since March and our favorite record stores closed and only selling online or with some curbside pickup, The usual vinyl party, known as Record Store Day, the third weekend in April, had to be canceled this year. With all of the specialty product in production and ready to ship, there has been a scramble to come up with a new plan for this very popular 12-year-old event. With an update, Carrie Colleton from Record Store Day headquarters in Raleigh, North Carolina. Carrie, uh, part of your plan is to run what you're calling Record Store Day drop dates. What exactly is that? It's a drop date. It's a street date. It's actually three of them. Um, Those are the dates when we are dropping really cool releases into record stores. And we we changed the name because, let's be totally honest, this year is different. This year is weird. And it kind of freed us up to do what we had to do to support the stores in the best way possible. And 
having a record store day, which for 12 years has meant a giant party and everything that goes with that, including lines and touching and crowding and, you know, hanging out and being all together in the same place, which is all fantastic, except for right now. Right now, that's not a great thing. We don't want to confuse people by calling these three drop dates record store days. So essentially, and as sad as it sounds, there is no record store day in 2020. But those titles that were on that list, this is one of my favorite lists. I think the list of titles that were supposed to come out on April 18th and then June 20th were some of the best we've had. They were very diverse, lots of genres, lots of formats, just a really great list of titles. And the idea of them not making it into customers' hands is ridiculous. They're created, they're produced, because when all of the stay-at-home mandates and retail closings started happening, these things were already in production. We were about a month and a half out from Record Store Day itself. So these titles were sitting there and a lot of people don't really understand or, or stop to think about how Record Store Day really works or even how any big release really works. The stores, yes, they make money selling these titles, but they also have to, we don't give them the records. We don't ourselves even sell them the records. They, they do that with their relationships with various distributors. And it means that these records have to be paid for and stores that are coming out of a month, two months, maybe longer of doing curbside service, which is great, doing online service, which is fantastic. We've been blown away by the people who are supporting record stores with online sales. It's fantastic, but it's also a fraction of what they normally do. And to come out of that with this giant day of a lot of releases that then they have to be financially responsible for, that just felt wrong to us. And in fact, stores were kind of telling us, hey, no, that's not going to fly. So a lot of people are working really hard to change the plan from inside and make sure that these three drop dates, so one in August, August 29th, one in September, September 26th, and one in October, October 24th, make sure we can spread these releases over these three dates Make sure there's interesting titles in all genres on each of those dates, big titles and little titles on each of those three dates. We're working with all the distributors and the labels and the artists. We felt it was really important to concentrate on getting those releases into the stores and giving the stores the opportunity to sell them. The stores will most likely not encourage you to sleep out on the sidewalk. We're going to work with stores to come up with, hey, this is a good idea if you do have a crowd, or this is a good way to maybe do um, a line holder ticket system or, or whatever has to happen so that stores are, A, doing what they and their staff feels comfortable doing, B, helping their customers to feel comfortable coming to the store, and, and C, following the advice of their local governments, state governments, science and health experts. You know, there are there are stores right now whose state or, or county or whatever has said you can open and some of them are and some of them aren't. So that's probably going to be the case at any time throughout the year. So we thought this was probably the best way to uh, treat the store's financial situation with some respect. And, and let me just say really quickly, not just the stores, but also the labels. 
who have produced this. That, that those products are those titles are created, which means they're sitting on somebody's financial books and will be there until they're sold. And this is the plan we came up with, with a lot of input from stores and with their best interests at heart. Well, it definitely sounds different from years past, but sounds like you have a plan. And I'm sure we all look forward to Record Store Day 2021 and hope that by that time we can get back to the great in-store party that it has been for so many years. Our thanks to Carrie Colleton of Record Store Day for the latest news and a complete list of the specialty records and release dates. You can go to their website, recordstoreday.com. When we come back, part two of my visit to North Coast Audio, where we talk about the lost art of the speaker demo. That's next on Vinyl Snob. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Vinyl Snob. I'm Dave Whitaker. It's been several years since I set out to assemble my ultimate stereo system. The final piece, speakers. Fortunately, after moving to a small town of about 30,000 people, I found something very rare today. A full-tilt stereo shop. North Coast Audio and owner, Chris Larson. I remember you walked in one day. Uh, I think you were across the street. There's a little repair shop right across the street with some cool parts and pieces. And people tend to wander into my shop after trying to find them. They're a little hard to find. Uh, and I think you, you said, yeah, I saw Macintosh on the sign outside. And I was uh, I was really surprised. And I said, come on in. Yeah, come take a look. And we, we started talking about audio, talking about what stuff you have and name dropping kind of our favorites and and stuff we've had stuff we like stuff we want we just kind of hit it off we had fun and i think i had you listen to a couple things and we talked about having you come back with some of your own music which i always always recommend not only does it expose me to 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 maybe some things i haven't heard uh but it's the best way to do it i mean this is what you're going to listen to on these speakers i can play you demo music or the stuff you hear at the audio shows day after day but what are you going to actually sit down and listen to that is the best thing and when, when, of course when you say records i'm like yes that's <laughs> that's always that's always the most fun for me so i'm, I'm glad you did that stereo stores are always going to have their own repertoire of demo music and i'm i'm no different i have stuff that makes my speakers sound good why, why would you do otherwise but you know what it boils down to is you want to have stuff that you're going to listen to on a regular basis sound good. I like doing both. I you know let someone wow you when you come into a store. Let them play a demo or two of theirs because they know what's going to sound good on their speakers. Then play your own stuff to see how it's you know real world sound is going to be on the speakers that you're interested in. Yeah, I remember you called me up uh, after that first time you came in here and uh, said you want to come down and listen to some speakers, which is my favorite part of the job, showing off my toys here. 
a lot of times I'll start at those $200 speakers and I'll let the client decide, hey, do you want to try something else? Okay, yeah, let's listen to that. And and I probably said the same thing to you. It's it's one of my standard lines. Okay, do you like what you're hearing? Okay, if the answer is yes, stop. Because <laughs> if you're happy with that, you're going to be happy. Because you can go nuts with this. I mean, you can go far beyond my my high-end room. You, you can go insane with some of the, the hi-fi audio stuff. And that's part of the fun. That's part of the sickness. But, you know, if, if you stop at a $500 set of speakers and that sounds great to you, stop that's in that's in your budget you're going to be happy with it if you haven't heard what what better sounds like you know you're not gonna you're not gonna wonder and you're not gonna drive yourself nuts when you get them home and and that's that's the key thing is i want people to be happy i want people to enjoy their stereo systems like i do and that's why you know i i ask you the questions that i asked and try to keep us within uh you know within a certain range and let you decide how far up you want to go Long term, that's always what's worked for me and it works out great for people. And knowing how to do a proper speaker demo is, uh, I'll admit, it's, a, it's an art that is gone. Um, there's not that many people that, that know how to do it. And if they are, um, they're getting up there in age. I, I think I was on the tail end. I'm in my 40s and I, you know, I worked in my 20s at uh, places like The Good Guys where they, we still had speaker rooms and we did demos where they had that kind of switching gear. You don't have that. You can't. I mean, the only the, the closest thing to that is like a Magnolia at a Best Buy, and they they're not set up. And if if they are, I've never been in one where their speaker room actually worked. And I love being able to put together a combination. I've got some old switchers. I mean, I've got a switcher made by Advent Speakers in 1970, whatever, that I still use to this day to demo speakers. Uh, because there really isn't that kind of equipment. I mean, I can set it up here where I can play just about any speaker in the store off any amplifier, and you did it right. You brought in some music, which was cool, um, stuff that you were familiar with, and I think we initially looked at some bookshelf speakers and started with some small towers just to kind of go back and forth and, and see the differences there. And I think quickly you realized that floor standards were probably going to be what was best for you. We talked about your room, the size of your room, and kind of did a rough idea of the space that you'd be dealing with. And I think we moved the couch a couple feet forward to be in the same type of listening situation you'd be in. I think you were surprised at that. To me, that's just what, what you should do. I mean, make it as, as close as you can to what it's going to be in the home. So we moved the couch forward, and then we talked about some different speakers. I played in here some of my best sellers, which are uh, in that price range, the Revel Towers, and we played the Kefs, uh, which are very similar uh, in size and sound. Uh, but we talked about your room and your positioning, and, and I kind of felt that the Kef might be a better match for your room just because of the positioning, because they do throw a wider soundstage. And it's not that one speaker is better than the other. Um, they're both fantastic speakers, but they do have a very different sound, as you noticed. And after we listened to them for quite a while with uh, some cool tracks you brought in, and it became apparent to you, and I tried not to push you in any direction whatsoever, you know, after playing a couple different speakers, we arrived at those two. I tried to let you make the decision without me saying a word. You know, talking with you after that, I think uh, I think you made the right choice. You seem like you've been really happy with those speakers. And that makes me happy too. That's, that's one of my favorite parts of the job was when people come back, you know, a month, a week, a year later, whatever, and say, man, I really love those speakers. I, we, we did it right. We made the right choice. And that, that just always brings a smile to my face. I'm the, the gardener, the groundskeeper, uh, the, the bookkeeper, the everything here. I'll start off my day uh, 
installing in the morning. I'll maybe hang a TV on the wall or hook up somebody's hi-fi. And then uh, as soon as I'm done with that, I come open my shop. And some days that means I don't open up my shop till one o'clock. <laughs> so that's why there's a sign on the door with my phone number. And it's what I have to do. It's what I like doing. I'm, a lot of my installs are, are a lot of fun. I mean, I get to see some really cool houses. I get to meet a lot of different people. Uh, and I get to uh, have experiences with people in their house, how they're actually going to listen to things. Um, and it's kind of unique. Now, there's not a lot of jobs where you go into people's homes on a regular basis um, and, and to do something fun, you know? Yeah, you'll have contractors in your house maybe, you know, painting or doing tile floor in your bathroom or something like that. But the but the stereo guy, when I'm done, I'm bringing smiles, you know? We get to put on a movie or put on a great album or, or whatnot. And when I leave and they say, I love it, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, and the neatest thing that's happened, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll get somebody that comes in out of the blue and that, that just wants to tell me, hey, I was listening to this the other day and I thought of you and I just wanted to tell you how cool it was and how, how much I love my system. That's all. I just want to tell you how much I love it. I'm like, man, you just, you just made my day. And, and that's happened uh, a, 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 an unusual amount, I think. Uh, and that, that brings, me, uh, brings me a lot of joy. So it feels like I'm doing something right. I'm in sales. I'm in a retail business. In most places you go into, it's a transactional nature, and that's the end of it. It's a a different world, uh, especially when I'm competing with the internet. I mean, the biggest thing I come across is is the mentality that a small business is more expensive. It's not. I, I, I know you've got the internet. I know what prices are. I know what the market price for things are, and I price my stuff accordingly. I tell everybody who walks in the door, if you, you know, if you found you found this cheaper, let me know. I'll fix it. You know, I sell this stuff at the same price, but I'm also going to give you my experience. I'm going to give you usually a better deal because uh, you're like, oh, man, I might throw in this or, hey, I've got this uh, scratch and dent model here I can give you a better price on. I am interactive. <laughs> I had a kid come in and he asked specifically, hey, I want to hear these speakers. And I said, yeah, sure. I've got these over here. Let's let's turn them on and listen to them. Uh, he's like, yeah, those are great. That's fantastic. And I said, okay, so did you want to get those? You know, cash your charge? <laughs> and he says, oh, no, no, I'm going to buy them online. I'm like, well, I don't understand. I've, I've got them here. Am I the same price? I said, yeah, you're the same price. Well, I can hand you this box. You can walk out the door right now. He said, well, I'm, I'm just going to get them online because it's easier. What? <laughs> How is that easier? And I'm out of touch with the 20-year-old, the sure. Um, but to him, it's a different world. And it didn't even occur to him that that might be offensive to me, um, you know, because I've, I've got bills to pay. I've got a family to feed. Uh, you know, we've got to keep the lights on in here. I, I have expenses. But I'm still the same price. And I, I, okay, well, if it's not about price, what is it? And you're telling me it's the convenience? I can hand you a box. I can help you put it in your car. But it, it didn't occur to him. And I, and I stopped and I said, and I kind of had a heart to heart to him. I said, I... I don't mean to be offended, but I need to let you know that I'm offended, and this is why. And I don't think you're trying to offend me on purpose. I can tell, you know, we've had a good conversation here. Do you understand why this is hard for me? I say, I'm not a big giant company. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money doing this. I'd really appreciate if you bought those from me. What can I do? And it just, it was just a weird experience. He did end up buying the speakers from me. That's good, but he almost didn't. He, to him, it was easier in my shop to hit a button 
you're having the right reaction. You're giving me a look like, what? What are you talking about? It's a different world. So part of what I do is educating. And that's that's a challenge that we face as brick and mortars. That's why we're all all dying. We're losing our customer base. My local customers walk in and it's, yeah, so what? Okay, you're, you've got a lot of stuff. I don't care. But my out-of-the-area customers, the tourists that come here, they, they're just like, ha, they're the ones that are having that jaw-dropping experience that I have all this stuff. A lot of my my reps that come up for uh, you know the, the brands that I sell, they'll tell me the same thing. Man, you are a throwback. I mean, I floor stack stuff. Oh, yeah. I've got ample, I got stacks of amplifiers. No, but nobody does that anymore. Uh, so we are we are definitely uh, an old school stereo store. Believe it or not, I've had some clients that have flown into our little tiny airport. It's uh, probably one of the coolest airports around. It's you, you can get through security in about two minutes. But yeah, they've flown up. I've picked them up at the airport and we came in and they brought their little stack of records and we listened to some tunes and uh, had a great time. I mean, I made some really cool relationships and friendships uh, from people that have traveled a, a pretty good distance. Uh, th there's only been a, a couple by air, uh, but I've had a fair amount of people drive in from surprisingly long distances because I might have a combination that they can't find in the San Francisco Bay Area or LA or Reno or Portland or whatever because there just aren't that many stereo shops anymore. There's very few of us uh, out there. Um, but if you do have a stereo shop near you, please go out and support them. You know, it's it's a tough business to be in. There's there's none of us that are getting rich off this. Those of us that are still doing it are doing it because we love it. And uh, we all need your support. There's nothing that beats auditioning a speaker. You can read all the reviews out there, but you gotta hear it. You gotta enjoy it. You gotta experience it in person. When you were in here, we listened to a bunch of different things before we settled on two speakers before we made that final decision. Uh, we probably listened to maybe seven or eight different speakers seriously before we kind of whittled it down. Um, and maybe a speaker or a combination that might have surprised you. And a lot of people, you can have a certain speaker, but you can really change uh, the sound of that speaker with a different type of amplifier. Maybe you want to get into a tube piece. Maybe uh, you've been completely against digital because you've you've heard that uh, digital amps are awful And then I put one in front of you and tell you to close your eyes and not tell you what you're listening to and you go oh My god, that sounds good. That's happened a lot actually So what it all boils down to is you gotta hear it in person If you gotta drive a little bit to go support a, a local independent retailer, please make the drive It's really worth it and I'm sure there's you know guys like me all over the or the country in the same position reach out to us. Uh, almost all of us, we love to talk about this stuff. We, we love to play them even more. Um, come find us. Come experience a stereo store the way it's supposed to be experienced. And Chris informs us that even though he is allowed to uh, reopen his shop at this time, he's decided to continue doing curbside pickup and shipping and will reopen in the next couple of months, most likely uh, first to appointment only. After several hours at Chris's shop, I finally settled on the KEF Q950 tower speakers. Uh, they sound amazing. Uh, I can tell you the, of the clarity, and I hear things in records that I've owned for years that I've never heard before. But coming from me, this is probably going to be just blah, 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 blah. So, to review my purchase, I have invited a speaker skeptic 
and the Vinyl Snob Studio Chief Engineer to be on the program, my brother, Jerry Whitaker. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Now, you're not just some old kooky inventor. You actually have street cred. You are the uh, Vice President of ATSC, the Advanced Television Systems Committee. Everyone listening just went, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, if you remember many years ago when we all had to go out and buy digital televisions, uh, you can thank my brother. Right now, you're finishing up on the standards for digital 3.0 television, correct? How is that coming, and when does that expect to launch? Uh, it's actually uh, on the air now in a number of markets. It's uh, launching this year, and it's called ATSC 3.0, and uh, so we're all excited about it. It uh, includes high-definition uh, or ultra-high-definition uh, video and immersive audio. Cool stuff. Okay. Now, tell them the part I really like. Lip sync. We fixed lip sync. Um, and what is lip sync? Well, it, it's where the, uh, the the sound, it's usually most prominent on voice, where the lips that you see on the screen don't match up with the sounds you're hearing from the speakers. Now, you've also um, built your own tube amplifiers, the J.C. Whitaker 60-watt tube amp here in the studio. It sounds fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, so my, my point that I'm making is, as I said, you're not just some old kooky inventor. Well, I am a kooky inventor. I do object to old, but continue. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell him that at your day job. But um, <laughs> how do you, and you, you put several stereo systems together, and as I said, built several tube amplifiers, and how would you normally go about uh, picking a pair of speakers? Well, you know, it's, speakers to me has always been a, a challenge because for, for me, uh, amplifiers are much easier. They're easier to quantify. You can put one under test and, and measure uh, frequency response and noise and distortion and, and all of that stuff. You can look at the numbers and they tell you the story. Speakers, of course, you can quantify as well, but the environment is uh, has a, a huge impact on how a speaker sounds. And so it's more difficult. So I tend to buy more on form factor and price which is probably not a great uh, set of criteria, but eh, it's kind of worked for me. Okay, a few months ago, um, you were up at my place, hanging out for a few days, doing some maintenance on the studio. And on the way to dinner one night, I said, we got to stop by, you got to see the stereo shop, North Coast Audio. And we went in, introduced you to Chris. What did you think of the store? Oh, it was fantastic. You know, I hadn't been in a high-end um, uh, audio, uh, you know, stereo store in a long time. Of course, they used to be all over the place, and now not so much. I mean, you've got Best Buy, and you've got you know some specialty retailers here and there, but to to find a really um, top notch, you know, top cabin uh, uh, stereo store in in downtown Eureka. Not to put Eureka down, I love the place, lived there for eight years back in the day, but to find it in Eureka was like, whoa, where'd this come from? Very cool. And over the course of the weekend, I think at one point I said, okay, you have to hear these speakers. And I sent you to the record library and had you pick out a couple of records. And what did you pick? It was, uh, let's see, it was probably uh, Carol King and uh, Blood, Sweat and Tears, uh, a couple of favorites. The benefit of those was I have the albums and I've listened to them in a variety of you know locations, uh, uh, mostly here at home. Uh, so I had a good feeling for what they sounded like. And so there's a comparison that I could make. And the, the previous time you were up at my place, uh, last summer, um, I think uh, I had the same identical stereo system, and I think there was a pair of four-way box JBLs that I was using at the time. So this time, I put the record on and said, okay, have a seat on the sofa. 
and just tell me what you think. And uh, drop the needle. I think uh, we put Carol King Tapestry on first. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, it was it was stunning. Um, the, uh, the 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 clarity, the piano, it, it it just literally jumped out at me. And um, I mean, you've always had a good you know setup at your place, and and I've always enjoyed it. But this was uh, this was something apart from that. It was it was a dramatic difference, and it was really a dif- difference that you know I could hear, and I you know it. At age 68, my ears are not what they used to be, although they're not too bad. But it was like, okay, I hear the difference, and and I see why you were excited about it, and and you know why you're willing to you know put down some serious money to get some serious speakers. And I think it was, I want to say, where you lead. Uh, there was one of the one of the songs on uh, Carol's album that um, I, you remember. You looked at me with this look on your face, going. Oh my God! I always knew there was a background vocal, but I didn't realize it was Carol King singing along with herself. Right, right, exactly. And and it's exciting to hear those elements of of a recording of a record that you know when was that? When did that album come out in the seventies? Uh, and of course, I listened to it then. You know, and here we are, decades later. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. It had been there all along. I hadn't heard it because I hadn't listened on a system that was of sufficient quality to reproduce it. And after we pulled off the Carol King, we put on uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears with the, you know, the And Would I Die, which is, you know, one of both of our favorite records. And the dynamics on that album played through anything sound fabulous. But uh, what was your reaction when we uh, dropped the needle on that one? Yeah, of course, the S&T, the, the horns are always a standout, and the, the dynamic range, uh, and of course, David Clayton Thomas, it was just spectacular. Of course, it, it, that's a, a, a wonderful album uh, to begin with, but it, uh, you know, it, it didn't sound like it was coming from the speakers. Rather, it sounded like it was in the room, and there's, I think, a difference to that. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a perception of uh, presence, if you will, that uh, that we had. So, after hearing a couple of records, uh, what was your takeaway on uh, my new speaker purchase? You had been up before. It was literally it was the same turntable, same cartridge, same preamp, same amp. The only thing that changed were the speakers. Well, it, it clearly, that the, the speakers were spectacular. And that that good speakers matter, and uh, it makes a it makes a real difference. And the listening environment, of course, is important as well. What I literally brought home with me was that the sound that I heard in your living room off of those speakers is on the records that I have here, but my system doesn't reproduce it. I don't hear it because uh, you know, the, the speakers just aren't of, up to that quality level. Well, you do have uh, we have another service call once uh, we can. We can all travel again. We're going to do some uh, yeah. maintenance. We want to do those upgrades on the mic preamps on the console and the yep. studio. So um, maybe we'll set a little time aside and uh, we can go back to North Coast Audio and you can sit in the listening room and, and pick out a little something. That sounds wonderful. I'll have to uh, discuss it with my wife, but I'm sure she'll be on board. Uh, uh, but uh, I'll get back to you on that. But no, it would be... I would enjoy uh, listening to some really good speakers. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to uh, your next visit up here. Please uh, take care. Tell everybody I said hi. Will do. You too, David. Three months of shelter in place has certainly hit businesses hard. Many are struggling. Some may not return. Independent record stores among them. 
To get a feel of how the landscape has changed, we welcome back Barry Lazarus of Red Devil Records in San Rafael, California. Barry, things have certainly changed since we uh, last spoke with you in episode 11. How are you doing? Um, relatively fine, um, mentally and financially. I mean, um, obviously, the store has taken a huge hit financially, but um, business is still better than I would have thought it would be. Um, you know, you're on our email list, so you know I send out weekly email updates, and they've been much longer than usual due to the fact people cannot come into the store. So I've been doing a lot of business off those. Um, I know... I think most stores are doing a majority of their business now on Discogs and Instagram. I do a little bit on Discogs and Instagram, but mo- most most of what I'm doing now is orders from our email updates and subsequent email orders. Um, so, so staying afloat from those. Um, as I said, business is bad, but it's it's better than I thought it would be. Right. And are you doing these as, uh, are you mailing the product out or is it a curbside pickup? Both. Both. Yeah, it's about, it's about 50-50, I'd say. Okay. And uh, refresh our memory, you're in a beautiful little part of downtown San Rafael with mm-hmm. uh, wonderful restaurants. I think there's a big bookstore down the street. Uh, what's yeah. that street like these days? Oh, it's pretty dead. Copper, Copperfields is a huge bookstore you were speaking of. And they they don't seem to be they are it still lights out there. They don't appear to be doing curbside pickup there, from what I can tell. I mean, I'm I'm there two to three days a week in the store doing that, so it's a pretty small window that I could provide you. Let's uh, move forward to um, what will happen or what you think will happen uh, with uh, reopening. I'm getting like conflicting uh, information on on what is and what is not actually happening. It's very confusing and sporadic what I hear. I believe it I believe it's a county by county edict. And so I've heard uh, there there's definitely no reopenings in my county. But I know some stores are opening when it's not allowed. They just choose to do so. So I do know of a couple stores who are doing that right now. They're kind of uh, very small stores in out-of-the-way place uh, areas, and they're allowing, you know, like um, one or two people in at a time. Myself, although my neighborhood's quiet, it's still kind of a high-profile location. I'm on a corner in what is usually a busy neighborhood, and and police still drive by my store, um, just you know, patrolling in general. So I would I could not do that. And I, I would choose not to anyway. So when they do allow even a, a soft a reopening of retail businesses in your area, uh, how can you imagine or, or have you given thought to uh, how are you going to do that? What would that look like? Yeah, I have. Um, yes, I have. I mean, I may toy with appoint, uh, by appointment and only allowing two to three people in the store at a time social distancing, I have a feeling it's going to be very slow at first anyway, that people are going to be trepidatious about even going uh, actively in a public. Um, so I, I think maintaining the social distance will not be difficult. So I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, super busy. But I, I'm definitely only going to allow um, a few people in the store at a time. I don't know the exact number yet. I'll have to play that by ear and ask them to social distance. It's too hard to wipe down all the records. 
um, all day. So I'm going to uh, I have gloves on order from Amazon um, that I'm going to ask people to wear when they come in and put on. And then I have uh, I have a couple tubs of the disinfectant wipes, so I'll wipe down the the handle on the front door and the counter throughout the day and the fronts of the bins too. So and then and masks will be required, of course, as well. You know, you mentioned something that uh, I was I wanted to bring up um, in, in that you will be using, you know, it, it, offering people gloves uh, when they come in. I may not only offer them, I may require them. I haven't decided yet. Because I was thinking, I mean, uh, part of uh, my record store experience, what do you do? You put both hands into the bins and you pretty much touch every flipping record in there. And that's why I got the idea to have mandatory gloves. That's a, that's a great idea. And it's not to be like strict or or anything. All it's to protect um, everybody from each other. You know, I'm getting the store ready to be reopened. Hoping it's soon. Okay, so I've got my disinfectant wipes. I've got my gloves, and uh, people will have their own masks. And and then I'll just have a few people in the store to, at a time, social distancing. And one one other thing I'm doing is um, I haven't been buying at all lately, being closed. And in my my emails, I've been listing a lot more stuff than I normally do so I could sell to people out of the area. So my inventory was decimated, but I've been getting in some good stuff lately. And I'm actually going to... uh, not sell it before the store opens. I'm I'm actually stockpiling good used new arrival inventory. So I have some fresh good inventory for when the store reopens. Well, that sounds great, and uh, we certainly hope it will be soon. Thank you for your time, Barry. Thank you. I appreciate it. I recorded that interview with Barry a few days ago, and I'm happy to announce that at press time, I just received an email from Barry saying he is open. The store will be open every day. 11 to 6, uh, safety precautions taken, and we certainly wish him and all record stores the best of luck. Please support your brick and mortars. We need them. And that's our program. Vinyl Snob is produced at the studios of Post Audio in Eureka, California. Our executive producer is Dana Berry. Theme music composed by Cameron Robbins. Pictures and links to our guests for this show are available on the episode 16 page at VinylSnob.com. Be sure to check out all the other great shows here on the Pantheon Network. For Vinyl Snob, I'm Dave Whitaker. Thanks for listening.